Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. Straight fire. This is the Wesson Walker Show. Even the crowd knows what's coming next. Happy Thursday from Wes and Walker at Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. We want to hear from you as we gear up for the Panthers-Vikings game this weekend. You can text us 704-570-9610. Again, that number is 704-570-9610. I feel like we're starting the show with some good energy, just like we did yesterday, except it took a little while for Fitty to get on board, but he's eating chicken nuggets. He's drinking sweet tea. He's rolling. I have to imagine you're a lot happier today to start the show than you were at the beginning of yesterday when we made you do your war cry wednesday again because the first one was so bad yeah no you don't gotta bully me today look at it look the at vibes it. are good the chicken nuggets are good what kind of sauce do you get ranch oh yeah just like taylor swift Oh, she's a ranch uh, dipper. Well, this is what we saw in the box at Kansas City State at Arrowhead when we got to see Taylor Swift taking a random picture. She had the chicken tenders, and she had the ketchup, and she had the ranch. And I saw a tweet. Yeah, I apologize. I know we ended with Taylor Swift analysis from Jeff Rickard on Charlotte Sports Today, but we're going to start it. I, didn't I mean, mean everybody's to. talking about it, man. I listen to different shows in the morning. Everybody's talking about it. I don't feel bad about it, but... But chicken tenders or nuggets with ranch or uh, ketchup, what do they call that, a basic B? And then what they call it in the streets? Uh, <laughs> well, you can call not me Not calling Taylor Swift that, but I think you eat ranch. You got to get a little. Ranch is good on chicken tenders, though, right? Mm. No? Wait, hold on. I mean, we got Fitty eating it as we speak. Yeah, I know. No, I, See, I'm I with the I was calling ranch. him a basic. Okay. <laughs> basic belief. <laughs> I don't know how many times that he's been called that, to be fair. But wow. This, I saw a tweet yesterday that I think explained the Taylor Swift-Travis Kelsey situationship perfectly. When the Empire State Building lights up red and white because of Taylor Swift dipping chicken tenders in ketchup and ranch, somebody tweeted about that and said, this is when you know you're too famous. When there are buildings out here lighting up for your dipping flavor choices of chicken tenders, something that is, even if you don't like ranch, something that's pretty normal, and now you got buildings lighting up for, hey, she ate ranch and ketchup. We're lighting up red and white. Could yeah, you imagine that's being different. That famous? That is, a, that is a different kind of famous that even, even if you make it quote-unquote big in this industry, you'll never be Empire State Building lighting up your right. chicken tender condiment. My girl sent me a thing on Instagram today about how uh, it's like this compilation of women admitting, well, not admitting, women saying how Taylor Swift is boosting Travis Kelsey and that they didn't know who he was until he started dating her. And yeah. It was a compilation of multiple women and their boyfriends or husbands' reactions to it and how they were looking at them like they were out of their gourd. Travis Kelsey is experiencing a lot more fame than he has even as the best tight end in football as it stands right now. Matt from the Gas House, he wrote in, ranch is the goat condiment, great on anything. That's not sweet, of course. It's hard for me to not like ranch on something outside of dessert. I don't do ranch at all. <sighs> really? Man, it's hard to find something that just... I don't knock people that do like it, it, but I just think that... Because uh, with McDonald's, I like... Uh, if I get those niggas... Oh, they had a... Um, uh, Todd Chili. Todd Chili sauce is good. Yeah, I like that. Um, I love 704's text right then. Sweet heat. Come on, guys. I was really banking on you two not talking about the Swift nonsense. We couldn't go a second. And it was it was organic. I didn't plan it. 
It wasn't on no, the rundown. We didn't. I just asked what Fiddy's dipping flavor was, and he decided to roll with something that Taylor Swift rolled with. Yeah, and so I, I mean, brought it up. I mean, to you guys out there that don't want to hear about it, you guys obviously don't understand radio, TV trending topics because well, I mean, I everybody it, in the world is talking about it. I do get it. It's no, a lot. I, no, no, you can't be complaining because we're talking about it. Everybody, all the national shows are talking about it. Every show in America because there is a sports tie-in with Travis Kelsey. So it's not. Should like, we dare to be different though? Should we just fall in line with? everybody else is no, doing? Not, or should we be I, no, different, Wes? No, I'm here for the trending topics. You know this. That's why I'm inventing time to trend. Yeah, that's true. That is true. I just thought maybe we'd be different. <laughs> so there are a couple people asking about the Carolina Panthers, their realistic record prediction after the 0-3 start. And there is someone asking, I think it's Big Chris from Shelby texting in, Hey guys, Cam Newton made a comment about Bryce Young yesterday. Yes, that was on we'll part. have it. We'll talk about it. We've got it. I hope you guys can find and play that one. Well, we found it. Let's go ahead and play it getting off the bus. Okay. Pull up to the scene. Open up the doors. Go ahead, Fiddy. Open okay, up. Okay, okay, Let's get off the bus. We look good getting off the bus. I got something to say. Damn! Kick it! I can feel it. So Cam Newton joined K.J. Wright's podcast. If you don't know who K.J. Wright is, he was the second best linebacker, a very good linebacker for those Seattle Seahawks teams that were going to the Super Bowl, losing them, and had some of them. Right? Me winning bad one, memories. Losing one, giving Wes bad memories as a 49ers fan, and also a player that was on the Seattle Seahawks roster amidst that fun stretch of the rivalry between the Panthers and the Seahawks. Well, Cam Newton joined KJ Wright, and he talked about Bryce Young and the situation that he's currently in with Carolina as it stands right now. Here's what Cam had to say. So when you look at Bryce, does he have does he have somewhat of enough around no. him? Not even close. No. And I, I, I see the receiver skill set. Yes. You see the Thielen. You see Clark. You see um, the tight end there. <laughs> but from top to bottom, for him, it, it's not it's not set up for him to be successful, especially not his rookie year, in my honest opinion. And like I said, everything that Carolina is and building, will they get to that point? Yes. But right now, th- mm-hmm. th- yes. And, and throwing – you know, him into the wolves, like, and expecting instant success, that's not the quarterback position, unfortunately. What do you make of those comments from Cam, West? Yeah, I, I find it interesting, and I think that he has a, a perspective that a lot of people have as well, just saying that maybe they need to treat him with precaution, and uh, he, he didn't quite come out and say that you need to sit him, or he should be sitting and learning and things of that nature, but uh, he did make other comments along with those saying how uh, we know that top quarterbacks have been scarred by their situations if not handled properly, and I'm paraphrasing here when I say so, but uh, <laughs> from Charlotte, I laughed too, and he said Clark, because Cam always, he'll, he'll give you a little bit of a, a grammar a goof at times when he says certain things, so it always cracks me up. But anyway, um, so yeah, I think he shared a sentiment a lot of people do. I find it interesting, but he did admit, like we talked about earlier, that Bryce does not have the he does not have the the type of skill guys that he had when he came in as a rookie. Cam had Steve Smith and Greg Olson, and I think that's a as good a two receivers as you could have coming in as a top rookie. Yeah, you look at Steve Smith, who we all agree should be a Hall of Famer right now. He should be a Hall of Famer. And you look at even the two mm. tight end set with Greg Olson, Jeremy Shockey, having those weapons to throw to. And remember, you also had a left tackle. And not, not a lot of people are talking about that. 
But Cam Newton comes into a situation where Jordan Gross is blocking for your blind side. That was a situation that was pretty helpful for a young Luke, QB. PD, a lot of guys. You look at Cam Newton coming in and throwing for 400 yards back to back. Crazy two game start for Cam Newton. So I don't know how much you can really compare Cam to what Bryce is doing through the first two starts that we've seen from him because the team is totally different. With what Cam is saying there, that they haven't set up a roster well enough around Bryce for him to be successful right now, I will say we certainly didn't expect it to be this bad. I didn't think that the wide receiver group was last in the NFL. There are plenty of national pundits that put him there, but I didn't expect them to be that bad. Everybody that said, Walker, you're tripping, you're right so far. I can't, I can't front on that. Like Adam Thielen is your leading receiver after a monster game in week three, but if he's your leading receiver, I don't expect this to be the outstanding group of receivers here. Hurst had a nice first game, but he hasn't been involved in the next two, and they're clearly not going to be Steve Smith, Greg Olson, Jeremy Shockey. Inky's not Jordan Gross, and Cam deserved all the credit in the world for those first two games that he took advantage of, where the defense wasn't even all that great. Luke Keekley wasn't drafted until the year after. So you're talking about an offensive situation that was a lot better for Cam than it is here for Bryce. Hopefully they can get all of this figured out, especially if Cam is saying they're working towards the future for him. But right now, you don't expect them to win a lot of games. Uh, on the text line, 704 numbers, this sounds like an Auburn guy talking about a Bama dude. Mm, throwing the pettiness and a little conspiracy in there. Uh, as he says that, even though we don't think that uh, that is the case. And then Jack on the text line says, not like Young has strong weapons like a Tank Dale and Nico Collins. So all of a sudden, right. Texans' weapons have turned into Jerry Rice and uh, John Taylor, I guess, out there. But, uh, yeah, I, you know how much I love Tank Dale, and he's really good, and Nico Collins is coming on as well. So I get it. And they're young guys. They're young, fast guys. They, they know how to get open. They're playing really good football already. But uh, Adam Thielen, man, don't sleep. He's on pace. He's on pace, baby. Come on now. You said that twice. It seems like you're trying to take a victory lap. (laughs) No, not yet. I can't take it until he crosses the threshold. You've been doing that twice. And he had a monster yardage game in oh, week three. good, man. That, 70 yards a game right now. Yeah, and it was because of a monster game in week three. And, I, I yeah, Adam Thielen reaching 1,000 yards would help Bryce Young be as, as good of a quarterback as he possibly could be his rookie season. But, yeah, we can go back to game two where you're throwing dink and dunks and him having seven receptions, which is a lot, mm-hmm. for not even 60 yards. Yeah, he's on pace for 1106. Let's I know. get it. <laughs> it's like it's like I'm saying something. It's going in one ear and out the other. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah, right, yeah, baby. Yeah, I got yeah, an yeah, agenda. Yeah. Did you see what yeah, he's on yeah, pace yeah. for, though? Yeah, Did you yeah, see yeah. what he's on pace for? Did you yeah. see the third game? <laughs> now he's on pace of all of it. Yeah, the third game helps him, and hopefully Adam Thielen can reach that because it helps Bryce Young. Speaking of Cam Newton, more comments on Bryce Young and the situation he's in right now. Cam did say that the Panthers have to be careful with their rookie QB. I believe in Bryce, but I think you have to raise him with care. A person like Bryce could be scarred just like any other quarterback could be scarred if thrown to the wolves too early. Hell, you had a perfect example of this. Russell Wilson came into a system that he he inherited. He inherited a good situation. We all know anytime you're the first pick, that means you're going to a team. Peyton Manning went through it. All the number one picks went through it. But I think when you're dealing with a talent like Bryce Young, it's the long tenure rather than right now success. Look at your roster. You had your year 2011. You had future Hall of Famer Steve Smith. You had Gio, D'Angelo Williams. When you look at Bryce, does he have somewhat of enough around him? Not even close. No. 
I see the receiver skill set. Are we about to roll this again? Let's just go ahead and cut it. So, yeah, we got to hear the first part of that comment, and we got to hear him already say that he doesn't even have anything close around him to what Cam did back in his rookie season. This is the problem with the whole rebuild process, though. I think we'd be a lot more accepting of it if we had already gone with that identity coming into the season. Mm -hmm. But I heard Dominique Foxworth talking about this a couple of weeks back, or even last week, I should say. We thought that this was going to be the best situation for all the rookie QBs, that it was going to be Bryce Young. Even with the skill set not being great, we didn't look at Indianapolis and think that they blew the wide receivers out of the water. You had Michael Pittman, the best and most accomplished wide receiver if you combine all three teams in Houston, Carolina, and Indianapolis. But outside of that, it wasn't crazy different. You look at Houston, they were the only team competing with Carolina with the worst wide receivers in the league. At least when you would go to PFF, when you would look at anybody ranking these guys. The offensive line, based off their performance from last year, everybody thought Carolina had a better offensive line than what the other two QBs were working with. Now, what's true is true. And what's true right now is that the O-line is awful. The wide receivers aren't great. And so we can just judge it for what it is right now. What's unfortunate is we didn't see this, this type of bad supporting cast all around. We didn't see it going this poorly in the first couple of games. Yeah, and so when Cam talks about the Russell Wilson type of deal, I, I don't know necessarily that that's the greatest example because they went 7-9 and nine the year before uh, Russ became a starting quarterback, just like the Panthers went 7-10 and 10, uh, before he got in there as well. So he kind of – he didn't necessarily inherit a great situation where he came in. It was kind of lightning in a bottle when you talk about the guys that they ended up drafting and some of the guys that came in that turned into huge stars. So it just sounded like Cam was kind of taking that method of putting him in bubble wrap like a lot of other people want to do. But at the end of the day, man, you got to just take the L's, take the whippings out there and uh, let you grow from it and see how it goes. And I know that there have been quarterbacks that have been shell-shocked by their situations and never been the same again, but I think that uh, he has to get out there, he has to play, he has to learn because things will get greater. All right, so there's one other thing I wanted to talk about before we move on. You can text us, the number 704-570-9610. We look at national day calendars a lot to try to figure out what to talk about for fire or fizzle maybe Spitty's favorite something like that it's national north carolina day that's right baby nc let's get it i did not know that day existed what i want to 704-980 let's go what i want to ask is how do you celebrate national north carolina day what should people be doing around the country to celebrate what is National North Carolina Day? Tell us how you celebrate again the tax I line. think most people don't even know. I think we're enlightening the masses by telling them it's National North Carolina Day. So tell us how you celebrate. 704-570-9610. It's Wesson Walker Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNC. Celebrating National North Carolina Day because that's a thing. 
that's how we're celebrating here on the Wesson Walker Show by playing you some Petey Pablo. Apparently, we're going to get you to the Carolina song a little bit later. That's what a lot of people are telling us how they're celebrating. Yeah, that's an album cut right there. Whew. All right, let's go to Panther Bo writing in, listening to Petey Pablo, drinking cheer wine while buttering up some biscuits. Brothers. Oh, he even called us brothers. Okay, Panther <laughs> Bo. That's how he's celebrating. I like all of that. 704 number. Text of the day. I sit and listen to the Wesson Walker show. That's how I celebrate. That's what I'm talking about. Two NC boys, three NC boys on the mic. I like Vin Greasy. We like it. I like Vin Greasy's thread of text because he just keeps putting things in there and then he has a question mark at the end of it and they're all great. Visit the NASCAR Hall of Fame? Question mark. Smoke a cigarette in honor of Tobacco Road? Question mark. <laughs> Eat vinegar-based barbecue? Question mark. <laughs> so, Vin Greasy, just throwing it all against the wall and seeing what Are sticks. Are you all for the vinegar base? Yes, 100%. Vinegar based allows the meat to speak for itself. Okay. All right, giving us a little detail. You know what I'm saying? Vinegar like base, it. it's, it is premier North Carolina barbecue, and I'm here for it. James from Maiden, I'm sure, putting a text in there that Fitty is not fond of. <laughs> Maybe that would be a great fire fizzle topic. What do you think? North Carolina staples? What do you think? It would be good. Maybe that's a tease. That was random, but that would be a tease. That was, <laughs> that's was the gonna, point. I was going to read the text. Hey, maybe this would be good. Yeah, it would be. James from Maiden wrote in, happy National Carolina Day. Go to hell, Carolina. He also sent my a man of my Tyler man. Hansborough bleeding after Gerald Henderson's I love this elbow. guy. Go What's his name? yourself. I love it. It's James from Maiden. James from Maiden, man. I'm here for it. Fluke Juki wrote in, cook out with a cheer wine. Best way to spend National North Carolina Day. Either that or drive three hours to Smithsfield and get barbecue. You know what? I've never, I've passed it before. And no, I've always no. wondered if it's good. Is no, it good? You are, you are 39 years old. And you've never had Smithfield's barbecue. No, man. He's 40. I'm 40. Okay. That's even worse. He's a man. That's right. He's 40. Fitty, if I pass this place, there's so many options when you're traveling through North Carolina. I don't know the history of Smithfields. That's why I never stopped. If I had, I would have. But now you can guarantee, as my man Justin Wilson used to say, I guarantee that the next time I pass the Smithfields, I will eat there. And I think I saw some Duke fans before the Clemson game eating that. And it's, I looked at it. The fried good. chicken looked really good. Oh, they've got and the I said, man, I got to try. They've got the best hush puppies. They got good pulled chicken. Their barbecue's good. To me, it's the best chain barbecue place you can you can go eat at. Yeah, to me, what's the point of? I mean, I've gotten it a couple of times. I won't lie, but pulled chicken. Oh. I'm like, if I'm gonna get pulled meat, just give me some pulled pork, man. <laughs> oh man, I forgot who I'm. No, this conversation with it's been bad in a couple of different areas, and we tried to go. You know, it's been bad. I'm getting just, a lot of hate for Smithfields right now. This is this is probably the worst thing you've ever uttered on the radio. All right, so just real quickly, people are saying it's not that good. As you guys go back and forth, and I'm just observing <laughs> from afar. <laughs> It's a wild combo, but Fitty got more angry at you for not having Smithfields than what James from Maiden put in the text line with Tyler Hansborough's bloody face. Yeah, he was he was he clenched his fist 
He did the Ar- he did the Arthur Show meme where he clenches both of his fists and then he puts his hand in his face. Please tell me you're 39. He's 40. Oh my God. Well, I mean, look, I think I have a reason to defend this. You you did a food show. Yeah. Well, I think right now the text line is speaking. Most of the people are saying Smithfield is mid okay. or trash. Don't listen to them. Look at me. I'm <laughs> fat. There's some love over here. I'm fat, Wes. I'm overweight. I'm not going to steer you wrong. Look. It's still not as good as going to an actual barbecue or something like that. For mm-hmm. it to be a chain barbecue, it's good. Okay. I'm going to try it off off top, just off your recommendation alone. Go to the outlet mall. There's one up there. Buy it. Get you okay. a meal before you go buy some Jordans. All right. All right. So Sounds good to me. A lot of people are writing in that you should be eating Bojangles today. A lot of texts include Bojangles. The final one, it's my favorite, but also I don't condone it. We're just going for the joke nature of it. Do not do this. But 803 writes in, North Carolina Day, we should fly around 485 pretending we're number three while eating barbecue. Okay. That's how you do it. <laughs> Luke Juki is definitely jumping on the train as well, too. He said every real North Carolinian right now listening to Wes, I'm guessing, and Walker, too. Maybe he forgot to put Walker, but. Well, I mean, I'm guessing he's just talking about your barbecue take. We don't have to. I don't, I don't feel any type of way about it. Just making sure. Okay. No, we're, okay. Somebody said it's mushy garbage. I feel like the the back the the I feel like the randomness has hit hard in the first twenty eight minutes of this show. I feel like this one we are like this is the crusty crab meme all over again, <laughs> where there are so many things surrounding me. I don't know what to pay attention to. Settle down, it's not the red zone Sunday. It is. It feels it feels like I, somebody else is Scott Hansen. Everybody else is tuning into the other games, and I'm just looking around <laughs> trying to make sense of it all. Smith Fields, Barbecue, Dale Earnhardt. You haven't had Smith Fields? You're 39. No, he's 40. There's a lot of randomness going on. Let's try to get this thing back on the track because I do want to talk about Bryce Young playing this weekend against Minnesota. At least I expect him to. He practiced yesterday. Frank Reich also had this to say about the status of Bryce Young and how his health could look like as, when he plays him. We're going to get to the point here in the year where there's probably a few players that are 100% anymore. So, it, you know, it doesn't have to be 100%, you know, but he just needs to be able to function and play, you know, winning football. Um, and, again, that will come down to asking him how he feels, watching him on the practice field, talking to the doctors and trainers, looking at, you know, how his ankle responds. I'm not fretting over it. You know, it, it's going to play itself out, and we're confident however it plays itself out. I like this answer. The reason I like this answer is because it quiets just a little bit of the conspiracy theory, just a little bit of it from the week before saying Bryce Young really wasn't hurt and that we're just going to reset some things. Andy Dalton's going to go in there. Bryce Young is going to sit and learn for a game and then maybe even another one because you want to reset that much. But Frank Reich is telling you he was injured. He doesn't have to be 100 percent, but we felt he was injured enough to the point where he couldn't be his best self and set this team up for a victory against Seattle on the road. So I like this answer, that I think you're even protecting some of what people might call soft with Bryce Young, not playing when he's injured, right? Mm -hmm. And so he's not 100% maybe, but he's got to be healthy enough to help us get a win. And if I believe he's healthy enough, then we're going to put him out there. I like this comment from Frank Reich, and all that to be said, it looks like he is going to play against Minnesota. Yeah, not only that, you got to be healthy so he can be able to get out of the way if people are back there rushing the pass. If you don't have an offensive line, that's definitely when you don't want your guy out there playing when he's not healthy. But at the end of the day, I'm just glad to see uh, Bryce come back. I'm glad that he was not out for an extended period of time because I want to see the saga continue. Uh, I want to see what he's going to do this week. 
against a defense that isn't so good. So there's so much fascinating, so many fascinating things about watching Bryce play at this point. So I can't wait. All right. So if you look at the other rookie QBs, they've been playing, except for Anthony Richardson, who got hurt and then wasn't playing anymore. He got a concussion. He got hurt in the first and the second game. Trevor Lawrence told him in that first contest, hey, you might want to take it easy (laughs) because they hit different in the NFL than they do in the SEC. Yes, even if that is considered NFL junior varsity. C.J. Stroud is looking great, though, in the first three games that he's played. That he is. No doubt about it. You look at the first three starts for C.J. Stroud, over 900 passing yards, four touchdowns, zero interceptions to this point. A 65 completion percentage rounded up, and he's throwing the ball downfield. Mina Kimes on the Mina Kimes podcast featuring Lenny. I don't know if you knew that, Fitty. Hmm. On that podcast, speaking with Dominique Foxworth, here's Mina talking about just how impressive C.J. Stroud has been through three games. This guy coming to the NFL with the speed of play, can he not only sustain that accuracy when he's under pressure, but can he make good decisions? Can he evade sacks? Can he create? He has done all of those things. It's not been perfect, obviously. Getting better every week. Every week he looks better to me. I was looking through some of his stats. This is the one that really jumped out to me. So far this season, on third down, he is six in QBR, third in yards per dropback. So he's pushing the ball downfield. And he has the lowest off-target rate in the NFL on third down right now. To your point, he just looks unruffled in the gotta have it situations which is man three weeks is too early to say uh, he's gonna be a top five ten quarterback but like in terms of qualities you want in a young guy for him to look that poised and confident and push the ball downfield like that in those situations is awesome i don't want to play that to just pile on bryce i wanted to play that because i think there is some pressure for bryce to perform even against Minnesota without having a good offensive line. Part of the problem is when we all went into this season, we thought Houston was going to have an awful offensive line. They were always going to have a better left tackle when healthy and Laramie Tunsil. That guy's one of the best left tackles in the league, but they're down starters on the O-line. CJ Stroud is still throwing downfield. And this is what I talked about, right? We didn't expect it to be true at the beginning of the season, but what's true is true now. And that's Nico Collins and Tank Dell look pretty adequate. (laughs) They look like very good wide receivers going forward. So even if we didn't think he was going to have as much help as he does right now, the fact is those two guys look to be balling. I'm not saying that this means anything as far as, Hey, may they made the right or They made the wrong pick. They made the right pick at number one overall. And I equate this a little to 2020 Wes, Mm -hmm. because if you look at that draft, the debate was between Justin Herbert and Tua. And Joe Burrow was the number one pick in that draft, but Cincinnati was always going to take him. Miami takes Tua ahead of Justin Herbert. The first three starts for Herbert, we all remember Tyrod Taylor getting his lung punctured by a team official, (laughs) and then Justin Herbert just doesn't relinquish that job again because he comes out balling. The first three starts for Herbert, over 900 passing yards, five touchdowns, three interceptions, throwing downfield, 72% completion percentage. C.J. Stroud, as I mentioned, over 900 passing yards, 4-0 to touchdown and interception ratio, throwing downfield, 65% completion percentage. In both instances, there were smaller Alabama QBs taken before the better physical, quote-unquote, specimen. At this point, both Herbert and Stroud look like the best QBs in a minimal sample size. True the first three games for Herbert, true the first three games for C.J. Stroud. 
The point is, in the last decade, if you go back and look at the QBs taken, there's not anything physically imposing from Bryce Young. There's just not. The skill set you draft him number one based on is his processing, his smarts, and his ability to maneuver in the pocket and accuracy. With C.J. Stroud, he had all the accuracy. He's got some physical tools, but more so, it was his accuracy, and it was that he wasn't 5'10 like Bryce is. The dude's 6'4". So I think you're hoping that with now Tua looking like the real deal, he's got a lot of weapons around him, he's got a great play caller, but Tua, 6'1", not 5'10", but an undersized QB, so to speak. He looks like the real deal when there's enough help around him. I think that's what you're hoping for Bryce to become if this trend continues the entire rookie season. It does not mean that C.J. Stroud will indeed be 100% the right pick, and it won't mean that Bryce Young can't overcome some of this stuff. It just means that in the rookie year, Houston has set up C.J. Stroud a little bit better than what we thought, and it might benefit C.J. Stroud as far as a Rookie of the Year award type of thing. Well, I think, too, what it's showing you is that C.J. Stroud looks to be a lemonade type of quarterback. What do I mean by that? I mean, he looks like a guy that no matter what you give him, that he's going to go out there and play because nobody thought that Tank Dell and Nico Collins and these guys were going to come out and play as well as they have, and I think the quarterback has had something to do with that. We know that his... If you were on Madden and had to put a badge on him as far as skill set, he would be an accuracy, whatever you want to call it. I know in the video games they always come up with all these types of funky names. But we know accuracy was the name of his game. He's a dime dropper, okay? And I'm not talking about in the streets. So C.J. Stroud is the type of guy that he's kind of tailor-made for the NFL. When you talk about the accuracy that he has, he's going to be able to throw in those tight windows, and he's not afraid to throw it. And he's among the lower Uh, tier of quarterbacks when you talk about pocket time he's got about 2.3 seconds to throw uh, the ball according to fantasy pros and he's been sacked 11 times Uh, he's been blitzed 31 times so teams are trying a lot of things and it's not like nobody thought coming into this season that this offense was going to be as productive as it's been under him especially with in the preseason the limited snaps you thought that there were going to be a lot of hiccups with this offense you thought that Stroud, when he threw the bad interception at New England, you thought that probably that was going to be par for the course with a rookie quarterback. But CJ's coming in and he's showing you that he's ready to go. He's got these young receivers rolling. And it looks like Houston is ahead of the curve as far as uh, finding their franchise quarterback. And now they just have to put the rest of the pieces around him, so to speak. But yes, there's no question about it. Right or wrong, quarterbacks from a draft class are going to be linked to each other for their entire careers and after. So Bryce Young is going to have to definitely come out and show what he can do uh, in these games because let's say he doesn't progress at the level of the other two, then it is going to look like Carolina didn't get the pick right. So they're going to be compared each and every week. Richardson, Stroud, and Young are going to all be compared. And if there happens to be another rookie quarterback quarterback that comes out of this class that ends up becoming a starter and a quality starter somewhere, throw him into the mix too. But there's no question about it. When you have... Uh, one of the top three starts to a rookie ever in the history of the league when you talk about passing yards, it's going to put pressure on everybody else in the draft class, especially when you pick someone over him and that player wasn't the number one pick. That's why I want him to play so badly against Minnesota because when you look at the next couple of games, I have to imagine it's going to be hard to keep up with Detroit. Their defense isn't great, but I have to imagine it's going to be hard to keep up with that offense. And then the offense after that, it's Miami, which is the best offense that we've seen in uh, a while. I mean, at least with their explosiveness, at least yeah, with what yeah, they're doing right yeah. now, for sure. You have a lot of other great offenses, Not don't want to have that debate, but it's the best one in the NFL as, it's, as far as it's operating currently. And you put up 70 points on somebody, it's going to be tough to compete with that. 
So can Bryce Young really put up as many yards as what Miami's doing? That's going to be tough. Man, Minnesota's a big one for him, I think. Just as far as setting the mood, setting the foundation for the rest of the season. Or you can also take a look at it and say, this is Taylor May for him to come out and show people why he was picked where he was picked. This is the defense. I kept saying uh, all week that the first two defenses that he had to go against were top 10 defenses in the league, and they looked to be carrying that. You saw New Orleans went up to Green Bay, made that game ugly with their defense. We've seen that New Orleans is a for-real, for-real defense like they've been over the last few seasons. And then we also saw that Atlanta, uh, even though they got caught a beat down Sunday, but this defense looks markedly improved. So I can't wait to see what he can do against a defense that is struggling, so to speak. All right, we've been asking how you're going to celebrate National North Carolina Day. People have been texting in. Tony Stallings said, I'm going to run to the grocery store, buy up all the milk and bread. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> if they're calling for a dusting of snow. That's a great way to celebrate. And then Dang what him. we didn't mention, don't forget liver mush on North Carolina Day. If there's one thing this show can agree on and actually cape for as much as anything... All of us love some liver mush. No question about it, man. There's so many great staples in the state of North Carolina. I love being uh, from here, man. So I love seeing what people are saying as far as how they're going to celebrate North Carolina Day. Let's go to the first Fitty Flash of the day. What you got for us, Fitty? It's all right. A North Carolina staple. Fitty. A little hometown or a big old city. Might as well share. Might as well smile. Life goes on for a little. Fitty. Why? All right, so after yesterday's visit to the mound, we talked about Ronald Acuna Jr. maybe putting together the first 40-70 season we've ever seen in Major League Baseball. And he did that. He, he stole his 70th base last night. And let's just say the guys that are in the uh, Cubs booth, they weren't very happy with him going out to actually steal the physical base itself. <laughs> I love old timey baseball curmudgeons. Yep, 100%. <laughs> They're the I'm best. With I'm with you. I, I remember when this was a conversation when they stopped the game when LeBron became the all time leading scorer in the NBA. And people are like, wait, are we really about to stop the game? It What Ronald Acuna did isn't as historic as what LeBron did. But when it is historic, stealing or hitting a 40 home run, stealing 70 bases, yeah, man, let him have his moment. He can go get that base, and you'll be just fine. The game will be completed, and it'll all be okay. Right. We know in this day and era, man, it's great for said franchise to celebrate players great accomplishments and of course they're going to make it a big deal so yeah but it's still funny to hear uh, the pettiness and to hear people not trying to be politically correct all the time so that was pretty funny from the fitty flash to campus corner it's coming up next on wesson walker sports radio 92.7 wfnz And Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFMZ, your source for midday sports talk in the best way that we know how. 
and keep the text coming. 704-570-9610. Hit that follow button on the socials. WFNZ, Twitter and Instagram. At West Bryant. At Walker Mail. At HTB underscore Josh. And most importantly, at Wesson Walker on Twitter and Instagram. Even though Wesson Walker does not have an Instagram page as of yet. And now it is time to go to the campus. Kona. Well, North Carolina fans, you just might get your wish this season because Tez Walker, we know the ongoing saga. We've seen the campaigns to get him to play. This man has been uh, championed more than uh, uh, oh, Nelson Mandela. When you talk about <laughs> trying to get him to wow. play in the movement that they've had this season, that's what it feels like at least. But according to Jamie Shaw from On3 Sports, it appears that he will be eligible to play for North Carolina this season, but just not as long as you think. It would only be for one game. How will this happen, Wes, you may ask? Well, despite being ruled ineligible for this season, he's still taking classes and enrolled in Chapel Hill for the fall semester. That means when the fall semester concludes on Wednesday, December 6th, he will have completed two full semesters at his current school. North Carolina definitely looks headed towards a bowl game, but the bowl season doesn't begin until mid-December. The Tar Heels hope to be playing around New Year's Day. If that's the case, Tez Walker would be eligible to play football, but unfortunately, if class ended one week earlier, making him eligible for the ACC championship on December 2nd, that's not going to happen. But, yes, he will get to play for Carolina if only for one game. What do you make of that? Should he play? Do you think that they will play him? Well, should he play? Yes. We've already had that debate a million times. I think he should be playing right now. But, unfortunately, the NCAA is not going to allow that to happen. But should he play the one game? Should him just be – yeah. If he – for sure. I don't know why he wouldn't. I, I mean, the, the reason that – you're saying no, Fitty, that he shouldn't play that one game? No, I wouldn't play him. Oh, you're saying you – all right, let's get let's get organized. You're saying Mac Brown would not play him even if he is eligible in this bowl game, and you would not do that if you're Mac Brown. No, I wouldn't play him. No. Why is that? Because you're going to play a whole year without him. Why would you risk the chemistry, everything you've built up to that point to play him, and, and especially if it's a New Year's Six bowl game? I'm not running the risk of our offense not being what it – what it could be in that game because he's back on the field. Like, if you, if you got there without him, it sucks for him individually. Uh, we'll see you next year. Yeah, I think for me, I'd play him. And I don't know how much you'd play him, but to me, you would just be getting rid of a resource when there's really no reason to. I know you're talking about messing with the chemistry, but if Tez Walker is in this offense, does that mean you're messing with the chemistry with some of these other receivers? I mean, if he's open, you're going to throw him the football. If he's not, and you're not going to put him as the number one guy, the number two guy, it's just somebody that the other teams don't have tape on for you to be able to use however you might want to. So then you can go back in your bag on how you plan to use him at the beginning of the season, maybe create some specialized plays. He doesn't have to play 100% of the routes. He doesn't have to play 90% of the snap count. But you can bring him in for specialized packages, and that could be a real help to this offense. Yeah, I hope because it doesn't even it doesn't matter right it's not like you're losing a year of eligibility if you play in one single game i say you play them and good for tez at least to have something from this it's not exactly what we asked for but if tez wants to play i see no reason as matt why matt brown wouldn't play him jack on the text line says basically he'll be able to play two games playoff game and the national championship game that was a, a cute comment
comment. But uh, I would play him. Like you said, I mean, football is a lot different than basketball. It's not like he can come out there and uh, demand a football as far as like a basketball player would and just getting it and going ISO hero ball. This is a guy like Walker said. You can work a man in certain formations. If he gets open, he'll get the football. If he doesn't, he will not. But I think that definitely after the season that he's had and everything that he's gone through, I think that will be a nice uh, little into the season for him. Give him some mom- momentum. Get him excited to be playing next year and in the spring by letting him get out there and get his feet wet in a bowl game in a Carolina uniform. So I think that you should – uh, play him all day, every day, unlike Coach Fitty, the mean coach back there that doesn't want to play the kid and just yeah. telling them to scram. <laughs> but anyway, uh, when we talk about the Colorado Buffaloes, another big matchup for them against USC this weekend after the 42-6 thumping that they took in the great Northwest. And so when we talk about this football game this week, do we feel like it will be wash, rinse, and repeat because they were a 21-point underdog last week against Oregon, and right now the current line is USC by 21-and-a-half despite the game being played in Boulder. Do we think that this will be a different ball game, or do we think that USC will come out and uh, have a tough one against the Buffaloes? Yeah, in the spirit of the question, maybe they don't get beat as much as they did when they lost 42-6, to but I expect USC to win pretty comfortably in this game. I don't expect Colorado to go to overtime with USC. They did against Colorado State, and we know Colorado State is not as good as USC. So with Caleb Williams being somebody that can absolutely handle any of the pressure that Colorado might bring to the table. Yeah, I expect for the most part the Trojans to win comfortably in this game. Uh, Yeah, I'm going to think that Dion and the crew, they definitely got their wake-up call. And I think that this is a team that, despite taking a very nasty L, I think Dion and his coaching staff went back to the drawing board. And I think that they're going to come out with a much better game plan. I think they really got some of those weaknesses exposed. And so I think they probably worked on those a good bit. Uh, This USC defense, they're playing decent football, only giving up 20 points per game. But they did struggle with Arizona State. Maybe the players were looking forward to the Colorado matchup. I'm not sure. But I'm going to give Deion and the crew a little bit of a chance here. I don't think it'll be extremely close, but I think this will be a better game than what we saw at Oregon. Fiddy, do you have thoughts on this game? Yeah, um, this game's going to be over like the Oregon game was and in, in the first quarter. I mean, USC's got a better quarterback. They got better skill position talent. And Colorado can't block anybody. I don't see how that's going to change after one week. Um, so it, it's still... It's still cool that this game has some sort of meaning, but Dion's going to be three and two, and you know it's just going to be further proof that he's brought this program a, a, a really far way in nine months. But he's got a little bit further to go to get them being competitive with the big boys. Well, there's so much invested in the Travis Hunter portion of this with how Colorado was on the rise. And if you don't have somebody that you invested so much in with Travis Hunter, Deion Sanders, telling everybody that he cares too much about Travis or so much about Travis that he's not going to risk further injury. Not having him is just that much more of a of a, of a thing for Colorado to, to overcome. I, it's, it's, it's too tough for me to see them actually winning this game. All right. Well, when we flip the page and go to the SEC, not the SEC, but the ACC talking about the Clemson Tigers. And so they're in an interesting position right now, 2-2 two and two for the second time in three years, 0-2 oh in ACC play for the first time since 2010. And so now that they know their season, as far as any big things that they may be able to do is out of the window. Is this 
Or is there a chance that Dabo could lose his team? I know we're up against the break so quickly. Uh, your thoughts if Dabo has a chance of losing this team before season's end? I don't think they're going to lose it. I just don't know if Clemson is is as talented enough to run the table the rest of the way. So, yeah, losing the team seems strong. I don't. I think Dabo, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. I think he's too good of a coach to have that happen to him. But I certainly don't think they're going to run the table and go on this magical run. All right, well, when we come back on the Wes and Walker Show, David Shoemate, Duke's play-by-play announcer, joins us to talk about their big game with Notre Dame this weekend. That and a whole lot more on the Wes and Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.